What's going on, everyone? You're listening to the Asian MMA Podcast. We talk about everything and anything going on in the world of Asian MMA. This episode is brought to you by Questionable Promoters. I'm Dana Bluen, and this is your Asian MMA weekend update, though it's a day late. I apologize. Also, no video for a little while as I'm changing studios, but frequency should pick up, so stick with me, guys. There are a few things I want to talk about today. No, actually, there are a few things that I need to talk about today, and I think everyone knows Battlefield FC is on the top of my list, but before I get to that, and believe me, that is going to be a big part of what we talk about today, before I get to that, I want to talk about Risen 17. Hell of a card. What a great card. Now, I really love what Risen is doing. I think it's no secret. I'm a super fan. To me, it it gleans back to the days of pride. And I, I really love what Risen is doing, the way they're putting the shows together. And it's just great Asian MMA matchups. If you're a fan of Asian MMA, you should be watching Risen. This was a pretty big card for them. I mean, not their biggest, but they're really stepping up their frequency and the cards are holding up. Few fights that I want to talk about. I'm not going to cover the whole card, but my fight of the night, one of the women's fights early in the card, and all of a sudden this fight has implications on the regional scene and for the Risen Championship. We had Road FC champ Seo Hee Ham making her debut in Risen, absolutely destroying Tomo Masayawa with brutal knees started out with some knees to the body buckled her and then just knees to the head while she was on the ground and just finish it off in the corner man great fight just like violence right out the gate and in like classic pro wrestling style after she uh wins she calls out Miyu Yamamoto she was about to leave she got waved back in and they end up having a little moment in the ring and now it seems like that fight is actually official for Risen 19 it's going to be a title eliminator I can't wait for that one two more risen cards to go if the timing works out if no one gets hurt in that title eliminator that could end up being on the end of year card which is like their huge risen card i would really really love to see that we also saw jake ewan get a win over vitaly shimotov he got a cut in the third round so it's a tko but you know when you throw like that it's gonna happen unfortunately things happen we also saw undefeated russian ivan shirktov put everyone in his division on notice with a brutal second round tko finish over hook kim absolutely phenomenal finish now we had the main event and this was a war this went all three rounds amazing fight and this is kind of the the level of violence that you expect from risen it was a war between mirakuru asakara and yusuke yachi that really we saw asakara walk away with the unanimous decision but paid a price just an absolutely beautifully violent main event great card by risen overall if you guys aren't watching risen you really have to check it out you can get the stream on fight tv and i believe that's worldwide absolutely worth it before i get into the absolute shit show that was battleground fc2 i just want to give a quick update on a whole one championship wada testing situation i know a lot of you might be aware there was some stuff with will chope where he was calling out one on their actual drug testing their pd testing and they end up issuing him a defamation letter forcing him to take a a facebook post down will chopes a uh, thailand-based fighter not bangkok-based but thailand-based fighter one of the most active guys in asian mma and really he's a a fans fighter because you know he's so active he's in china last weekend i'm going to be talking to him later today that'll be an episode that drops this week we're going to be talking about the whole thing where he put the post up chatri sit yontong the ceo of one championship comments on the 
host tells him that he agrees with most of what he says and then has his lawyer send a uh, cease and desist letter for defamation and liable. We're going to talk about that whole situation. It should be really interesting. Will's a great guy, very articulate, fantastic fighter. So it'll be interesting to get his take on it one-on-one. But, you know, one of the interesting things that came out of all of that, you know, Will puts it up there and then some journalists start to look into it more. And it turns out that WADA pretty much came out and said they're not working with one championship in any way and just using wada labs does not mean you're doing wada testing so now now there's a lot of murkiness and it seems like wada is kind of trying to really make it clear that there's no relationship with one they're not working with one one's not doing wada testing i think we're gonna have to wait for a few more things to come out someone from wada is probably gonna have to clear it up because like i've said a lot one is very well known for their lack of transparency so we'll, we'll see how things go personally though in my opinion i think one should have just never brought it up pretty much a, a well-kept secret or I should say a well-known secret that a lot of fighters in Asia in just about every promotion are on some type of PED and the promotions don't test for it. It's not a one issue, it's a sport issue. And it's in particular Asian MMA issue because no one's testing for it. So actually, I don't even know if it is an issue. I don't think they should be testing for it. Let everyone know what the playing field is. And if they want to compete on it, let them compete. Now, look, I'm not sure that I'm on the right side of this argument. Time will tell. I know there are a lot of people that disagree with me, but there's also a lot that really do agree with me. That happens to be where I stand on it. If the promotion doesn't want to test and everyone knows what's going on, let it go on. Anyway, I don't, I don't want to get too much into the whole WADA 1 thing right now. Let's get into Battleground FC 2. And again, the absolute shit show that this promotion was. Or I guess I should say that it's turning out to be because the story is essentially still developing. There, there's been some updates where fighters might be getting paid or that Korean fighters have been paid. But I haven't been able to confirm any of that. Now, I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to give my opinion on this. And I'm going to give some history and context, but I'm also going to link to some articles from Bodylock MMA because they have done a fantastic job of covering this and really developing the story. You know, if you want to find out more, you want to dive a little deeper, go check out these articles from Bodylock. They're doing a great job with this particular story. Some of you guys might remember Battleground FC1. Let's add a little context here. It took place back in Korea. The promoter is actually Korean. This was in 2017. It had a good lineup, pretty much like Battleground FC2 did. The, the card was fantastic, but it was plagued by issues. Poor refereeing, the promoter's inability to pay fighters. They actually issued them IOUs after the fight as if they could pay their rent or their medical expenses with an IOU. And then it took them over a year to make the payments. Not a good look for the promoter. Not a good situation for the fighters. Two years go by. Same promoter decides that he's recovered. He's learned his lessons. And that he wants to hold another show. He wants to do another promotion. This time, not in Korea, in Macau. For those of you guys who don't know, Macau is like the Vegas of Asia. It's part of China. Has great food. Macanese food is out of this world. Not quite as big and vast as Vegas. Not like the same atmosphere. But it's sort of a, it's a parallel. Anyway, anyway. Long story short, everyone knows about the payment and the officials' issues from the first event. It's no secret. Everyone knows what's going on there. They remember it. It's still a very sore spot in Asian MMA. But I think a lot of people want to give the promoter the benefit of the doubt because more promotions means more opportunities for fighters. And apparently, he was going around, he was telling people that he had the money to front the fighters and to cover the show no matter what happened. And I think a lot of people just, you know, had faith. They believed in him when they probably shouldn't have. 
And he pulled together a great card. His matchmaker did a fantastic job. Had uh, Will Brooks and Gleason Tebow in, in the main event. On the undercard, we had Shannon Rich, Brian Caraway, James Finney. It's a great card. It's a fantastic card, for especially in Macau. Now, the real issue started early, though. I guess they understood they had issues with the officials from the first one. So they hired Steven Percival to pull together a team of professional officials referees judges and bring them to macau for this event he kind of knew about the payment issues so he had tried to put some agreements in place and i guess there were some issues and then he asked them to put the money for his whole team into his account before they boarded the flights to macau so that no matter what happened his team got paid they had that security right up until they're about to board the flights no transfers had been made So he pulls the whole team, says, hey, we're not going to Macau. We're not doing this because they haven't paid, you know, and we can't be part of this. Obviously, no one wants to work for free. No one wants to fly all the way to Macau and then maybe, you know, not even walk away with a return ticket. Who knows? Let alone your pay. So they back out like a day before, two days before. On a day's notice, the promoter goes and pulls together a team of just like rank amateur officials setting themselves up for failure right from the beginning really putting the fighter's safety at risk on one of the posts i'm going to link to from body lock they have a video where it looks like the fighters are explaining the rules of mma to the officials during the rules meeting having been a referee and given rules meetings at a number of events That's not the way that goes. The officials are supposed to run that meeting, not the fighters. It just shows how unprepared, how out of their element this team was to even deal with this type of event. Now, it puts the fighter safety at risk, you know, and also it ended up impacting the outcome of the main event. In the final contest of the night, Will Brooks gets caught in a tight guillotine. He's working to get out of it. His back's against the cage. He relaxes his arms for a second, just a second. They don't go limp. He just relaxes them. You can see the tension come out, but his arms don't go limp. The ref doesn't check his arm to see if he's out. He doesn't go in for a closer look. He jumps in and stops the fight right then. Will pops right back up in protest. Even his opponent gives the ref some side eye before acknowledging the win. The commentary team, blown away absolutely horrified by the stoppage now what's really sad about this is if you remember back to battlefield fc the the first one in korea the same exact thing happened and it happened to yusuf wabi in the first round of his fight he got caught in a kimura from the mount but he wasn't in a horrible position he was he was fighting out of it he was trying to trying to find a solution to that problem he's trying to get out of that hold he didn't look like he was about to tap he He looked like he was grimacing a bit, but not that he was in any real danger. And so his opponent leans over the arm, but he doesn't really change the angle of attack. It doesn't seem to put it in any worse of a position. The ref jumped in and stopped the fight, despite Yusuf having never tapped. Never tapped, never screamed, didn't didn't look like he was in trouble, but the ref stops it. Two years later, in a completely different country... They haven't learned their lesson because they allowed the same exact thing to happen. And look, I I don't know who to blame here, right? Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. So so who do we blame for all this? The fighters should have known, fans should have known. A lot of people should have been probably throwing up more red flags leading up to this, myself included. I probably should have called out some BS on this early on. And look, I I feel bad for the fighters. They, They were put in the worst position possible. They fought on a card with inexperienced officials that put their safety at risk. And they weren't compensated 
the agreed amount by the promoter. They haven't even been paid. Who knows if anyone had serious injuries, if, if they're even covered to go to a hospital in Macau. I don't know. No one wants to see the fighters put in these positions, ever. Fighters have to stop taking fights with promoters they know are shady. Promoters and you know, media, we need to hold these promoters accountable as well. If you're a good promoter out there, there's a lot of you guys out there who are, are stand-up guys, who are promoters, who take care of fighters, who take care of fans. You need to really shine a light on these guys who are, who are doing you dirty. Me as a media, you know, someone who, who talks into a microphone and does a podcast about Asian MMA, I, I need to hold myself more accountable here as well. I should have been calling out Battlefield FC once I saw that they were doing a second show. I didn't even really mention it, so... That's on me as well. Hopefully, the fighters get paid. But if history is an indicator, it could be a long time, guys. That's all I got for you guys today. I, I don't know what else to talk about. Th this one's got me all, all heated. Be sure to stay tuned. I'm going to drop another episode this week with an interview with Will Chope talking about the whole one championship, cease and desist, defamation, libel thing. See what he has to say. Like I said, uh, Will's a great guy, so I'm looking forward to talking to him. To stay up to date with all things Asian MMA, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, Facebook, all the links in the show notes as well as all the links to the body lock mma articles that i talked about with battlefield fc2 check it out <laughs>